You are listening to the In Focus Church podcast with Pastor Brent Gerard. In Focus Church is a multi-ethnic, multi-generational church in Evans, Georgia, with a mission to love God, love people, and reach the world. Be sure to like, subscribe, and leave a rating wherever you are listening, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at InFocus Church. We hope this message encourages you and leaves you feeling challenged to see God's kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. What a privilege to be able to worship Jesus together. What a privilege to be able to be back with you today and to be able to be here, not just as, yeah, thank you. The moment that you're uh, not glad that I'm back is the moment I stay gone. Growing up, I uh, loved trying out different sports, different games. Since this was long before Google and YouTube and finding ways on the internet to learn how to do something, you either had to teach yourself or find somebody that knew the rules or how to play or whatever it may be so they could teach you, or you could do what we used to do as little kids, just make it up. You know, just, those aren't the rules. Well, they are to us. And I don't know how many games I played that probably weren't exactly by the rules, but that was because there was no way to figure it out unless you taught yourself or somebody else taught you. One sport in particular that I picked up at an early age and tried to learn was golf. And I I really enjoyed it. My grandfather, who I called Pop Pop, was the one who would take me and teach me. The problem was he wasn't very good. (laughs) So uh, we both had really high scores. And so the problem is when you're learning from somebody that's not very good, you don't get very good. I remember going out to the courses with him and trying my best to hit the ball. And I would typically just use like a a five or a seven iron. If you don't know anything about golf, it's okay. But that's what I would kind of use the whole time. That was like a beginner uh, club, if you will. And, And I would swing. And the thing about not knowing how to play golf is I would typically just hit the top of the ball and, and it would just spin and then not go very far. Well, so the, the, the thought in my mind was, well, then swing harder. And so I'd get up onto the ball and, and I'd, I'd swing harder. And the problem was it wouldn't go any further. It would just spin more violently and just go another 10 to 15 yards. But with each growing frustrating moment, I would just continue to swing harder and harder and hope that the ball would go further and about I don't know how many shots later it would finally get to the green and I would put it in for just a normal 12 (laughs) on a par four or whatever you know it wasn't a good score but I would try harder and the harder I tried the worse that it would get I think this is how life is for many of us we keep trying harder and it seems to be getting worse And yet, just like me on the golf course, we think that if we'll just give a little bit more, if we push a little harder, if we we work a little longer, if we try just a little bit more and something, maybe just give it a little more of our heart and our soul, that if we will do that, that somehow we can make it work. But what if trying harder isn't the answer? As a matter of fact, when it comes to your spiritual life, and what I want to talk to you about today, I want to encourage you to stop trying harder harder and start trying something different. Can I propose to you that when I read the Bible, here's what I see. The pattern for spiritual success is not trying harder. 
It's listening more. The pattern for spiritual success isn't trying harder, although that's what we think, and we're going to try to grip that club and hit it as hard as we can and hope that it works out this time. But actually, the pattern for spiritual success is listening more. And when I talk about success, don't get this word mixed up. Success in the kingdom of God is being obedient to the Father. Over the course of the last few weeks, you all have been blessed as as have I by the messages that the Lord has given us through some of my dear friends in ministry. I've been so grateful that I have such a a large group of people that love us and love this church and love uh, my family and really want to invest into us, and I'm grateful for that. But if you noticed, there was a pattern in these messages. What I noticed was a pattern of, or a theme, if you will, of waiting on God. Waiting on the Lord, that this life is made up of a lot of waiting on God and really not many of us like to wait. So the question would be if that's kind of the message that God is giving us is that we continue to wait on God and we continue to see him come through in his timing and not our timing, how do we wait well? I contend if we don't have a specific pattern in our lives, we're going to end up just trying harder and harder, listening less and less, and making things worse and worse. I want to talk to you today about a pattern of prayer in our lives, both corporately and individually, that will lead to both spiritual strength and success. And remember, don't get hung up on that word in the wrong way, because a lot of times, even in the church, the way we define success is not how the Bible defines success. Success for you and for me is to listen to the Father and to obey. So how do we have a pattern in our life, a pattern of prayer that leads to spiritual strength and success? Acts 2.42 is where I want to start this morning as it is the dawn of the church and we follow and stand on the shoulders of the saints that have gone before us. And here's what it says about the church as it started. Genesis or Acts 2.42, they, this is the early church, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. I want to focus on the last one this morning. This is a whole message, if you will. We could do different weeks about talking about all the things that the early church devoted themselves to that we should be devoting ourselves to. But here's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about prayer because we all often say that we're praying about things. I don't think there's a person in this room that hasn't said, well, let me pray about it. The question is, is did we? We all say it, and we'll be talking to somebody and say, well, I'm going to pray for you. Or somebody asks you to do something, and it's a difficult decision, or it's something you don't want to do, and you want to put it off. So you say, well, let me pray about it, a.k.a. I'm not going to do this, but let me just pray about it. How about when we say that, is there a pattern in our life that actually supports the fact that we're doing all this praying that we're saying we're doing? Do we have a pattern of prayer in our lives that supports all the prayers that we say that we're praying? Do we have a pattern of listening to the Lord more than telling him what we think we need? To reference Acts 2.42, do we have a pattern of life that is devoted to prayer? Because as we're going to see this morning, prayer is the pattern to spiritual strength and success. It's prayer. It's not trying harder. 
And the reason I'm asking this of us in Focus Church is because I personally have been convicted about this myself, convicted about the rhythm of my own life and whether there is a devoted pattern of prayer, a devoted pattern of prayer to which I am spending consistent time listening for the voice of the Lord. We've talked before as a church about having a rule of life, a life that, that this is how I'm going to live my life. This is the rule of my life. And the only way that we can have a rule of life that we can actually sustain and walk out is by having a pattern of prayer to help us. And that rule of life and that pattern of prayer is like, as we said before, like a trellis for a plant that helps the plant to get up off of the ground and to grow upwards, just like this is a trellis for us in our spiritual life to help us to get up off of the ground and to grow upwards in our call towards Jesus Christ, to train us in godliness. The patterns and the rhythms of our lives do this. They help us. The problem is is that the pattern, if the pattern is not God's pattern, if it's a pattern that's not devoted to prayer, we're not going to get the results that God desires of our lives. We're not going to get the things even that we feel like God is leading us to do or to, to go after because we don't have a pattern of prayer of listening to the Father. If our instructor is ourselves, if we're self-taught or the instruction that we're getting isn't very good, then we're going to just keep trying harder and keep making things worse. We're going to top the ball even more. The word devoted means this. It means to persist obstinately in something. I love that definition, to persist obstinately in something. Like some people are devoted to getting on your nerves. They persist obstinately in doing it. It means to be earnest towards something, to persevere in something, to be constantly diligent in something, or to continue to adhere closely to something. And that's something that we're talking about today is prayer. So we could say it this way, to be devoted in prayer is to give most of your time, energy, and attention to prayer. If this describes your life, it means there'll be a pattern of praying that looks like devotion to prayer. It won't look the same for everyone. I'm not up here to say, well, this is, you have to do this and you have to do this. It's not going to look the same for everyone. It doesn't have to, but it will look like something significant. It will look like being devoted to prayer. So ask yourself this, is there a pattern of prayer in my life that can genuinely be called being devoted to prayer? There's one person I think that we can all relate to in the Bible. It's Peter. I love him. I love all the things that he does because I'm like, man, that's us. And I love all the ways that we point at what Peter did as if we wouldn't do the same thing. Like, oh, well, look at Peter. Like, oh, yeah, well, that's you. I mean, Peter is like the general humanity of all of us. I think we could safely say that Peter tried really hard at trying really hard. Like, he was trying the hardest, the mostest of anybody. He was impulsive. I mean, if he was a golfer, his motto would be like Bubba Watson, grip it and rip it. He's one of the self-taught golfers, that the only one that I know that's actually had any success. He was self-taught, really. That's what Peter did. He just kind of did what he wanted to do. He was impulsive. He followed Jesus, Scripture says, immediately. Like, he's like, drop your nets, leave it. And Peter's like, I'm, I'm, let's go. Like, don't you want to know what we're doing? Don't you want to know where you're going? No, I'm, let's go. I'm in. He was the one that jumped out of the boat, right, in the middle of the storm, like, I'll do this. I'll walk on the water. 
Peter was giving it his all, giving it everything that he had, and so are some of you. But the pattern for spiritual success and strength is not just giving it your all and trying harder, it's listening more. And the way we listen more is to have a pattern of devotion to prayer. I want to jump into another amazing moment in Scripture. This will really be the main text for this morning. It's in Peter's life. It's found in Luke chapter 22. So if you have your Bible, you can turn there with me. Luke chapter 22, verse 39 through 46. And really, that entire narrative all the way down into verse 61 and 62, I'll kind of reference it. I'm not going to read all of it, but I am going to read verse 39 through 46. So let's read God's word together. Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down, and prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. When he rose from prayer and went back to the disciples, he found them asleep, exhausted sorrow. Why are you sleeping, he asked them. Get up and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. Lord, we pray that your word would change us and transform us, our minds, our hearts, our lives. Now, I don't want to oversimplify this, but it seems pretty straightforward. Peter was sleeping while Jesus was praying. Maybe we could say that that's the pattern of Peter's life up to this point. Peter slept while others were praying. Peter slept while others were praying. Oh, he tried hard. It's not that he didn't try hard. He tried really hard. He said bold things. He did bold things. He did impulsive things. He tried to follow Jesus. He tried to say the right things. He tried to do the things that looked good. But what was he doing? Was he actually doing what the Father was telling him to do, or was he doing what he thought was best? As the story continues in the other gospel accounts that I just read, Jesus implores Peter and the other disciples to get up and pray two more times. And two more times he goes away and prays, and two more times he comes back, and he finds them doing what? Sleeping. You see, it's hard to create a new pattern in life when everything's falling apart. It's hard to fix the dam when the water's already broken through. It's not like they didn't have opportunities to have this devotion in their life. It's not like they didn't have the opportunity to learn from Jesus. This is nearing the end of his ministry. They've been walking with him for some years now. As a matter of fact, at the beginning of the verse that we just read, it says what? Jesus went out what? As usual. As usual. This means this was a pattern in Jesus' life. A pattern that Peter and every other disciple would have seen day after day. They knew this is what Jesus was doing. They had seen this, but they had yet to copy it. And we can't get down on Peter or James or John because we know as well. We've seen Jesus' pattern in life in the scriptures. And the question is, have we yet to make it a pattern of life to be devoted to prayer. Peter may have slept while others were praying, 
But what we know about Jesus and what we see in Jesus' life is that Jesus prayed while others were sleeping. How many of you have had a mom, a grandmother, a father, someone that cared about you, that you knew were praying for you while you were sleeping? And maybe not physically sleeping, but sleeping through life. And they're praying. While you're sleeping, they're praying. While we're sleeping, Jesus is praying. This was the pattern of his life. And as usual, Jesus was devoted to prayer. He didn't try harder. He listened to the Father more. And you can say, well, look, it says he was in anguish and he sweat drops of blood. But even in this case, when Scripture says that he was sweating drops of blood and that he was in anguish, he wasn't trying to make something happen in his own strength. He was trying to listen to the Father even more. He was listening to the Father with all of his strength. There's an intimacy with God that Jesus is yet again modeling to his disciples and modeling for us. Don't swing harder. Don't try harder. Pray and listen more. This passage reveals at least two points about the character of Jesus as he faces the trial of the cross that's about to happen. Number one, Jesus takes both his pain and his need to God in prayer. Is that where you take your pain? Is that where you take your need? His custom of communing with God is not altered by the unique events that are now descending upon him. See, often when we're the busiest, we neglect to take the time to go to God. Now, trial might drive us to our knees, but if we're honest, even then, if we're in that hectic pace and we're really just going, even that, we just don't have time to stop and pray. I've got too much to do. I don't have time for this. But here's what I want you to see. This was not ever, and not in this case, how Jesus approached this. His pattern reminds us that prayer is important even in the most frantic of times, probably even more so. And his prayer is not a matter of merely checking in. Well, I got to go do my prayer thing this morning. It's full of honesty. It's full of emotion. It's full of pain. The Bible says that he was in anguish. All of that he brought to the Father because real prayer takes work. Too often we bow our heads, we close our eyes, and we let our minds wander. I don't know about you, man, but I, and I'm not talking as if the guy, it's all figured out. I'm the guy that's in the closet thinking about things like where I'm going, what, what am I thinking about right now? In the same sentence where I'm like, Jesus, 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 I better cut the grass today. Jesus, Jesus, oh my gosh, is that Bill due today? Jesus. Literally, I'm like, Lord, I don't even know how these thoughts come into my mind while I'm uttering your name out of my mouth. And here's what Jesus is doing. He's taking all of that to the Father so that he can listen more. And if I'm honest, I can be so anxious at times about something that it wears me out. And what do I want to do? Same thing that Peter wanted to do. I just want to go to sleep. We've all been there. It says they were full of sorrow, anxiety. They, were, they, they knew it was about to happen. They didn't know exactly, but they knew something bad was about to happen. And, and it's, it's causing them grief and sorrow. And you know what grief and sorrow does? If we don't allow God to have those things the way they were supposed to, it wears us out. And we want to go to sleep. But watch this. Jesus' pattern of prayer leads to spiritual strength. 
Jesus is setting the pattern for spiritual strength and success. And if we don't follow in his footsteps, we can be assured of wearing ourselves out. Look at what takes place following Jesus' laboring in prayer. Because oftentimes we think, well, everything's going to turn out great now. I spent a lot of time in prayer. I just sweat drops of blood. It must be about to be something victorious that's about to happen. But here's what happened. First of all, an angel strengthened him. And then Jesus, in verse 50 of chapter 22, stops unnecessary violence and heals a man who's just had his ear cut off. Then he confronts injustice without avoiding it. Why? Because they came to get him in the dark of night. Why are y'all doing this in the dark of night? The reason you're doing this is because you don't want anybody to see, because you know you're wrong. He confronts injustice without avoiding it. Jesus confesses his identity in the face of death. Are you the son of God? Jesus forgives his torturers while being tortured. And then Jesus saves and comforts a dying man while he himself is dying. That's strength. That's spiritual success. But you don't know what I'm dealing with, Pastor Brent. I can't fix it. I can't change it. The harder I try, the worse it gets. All I want to do is sleep, but I can't even sleep right now because I'm so anxious and worried about what's going on. I don't know what else to do. If that describes you even in the least bit, can I suggest to you today to stop trying harder and start praying more? Stop trying harder in your own strength and instead change the pattern of devotions in your life. What are you devoted to? See, your source of spiritual strength is going to be found in Christ alone, not in trying harder or doing more religious things. And I'll admit to you that in the storms of life, this is difficult. And I'm not saying that the storms of life aren't rough. They are. You'll hear me preach this all the time. This life is hard. There's a lot of trials. There's a lot of tribulations. There's a lot of pain. There's a lot of things that we go through that God never intended, but he's with us in the middle of them. It's going to get rough, but he's there. But can I tell you that Jesus set another example for us? While he and his disciples were in a horrific storm themselves in the middle of the lake, looking like they were all about to die, and what was Jesus doing? Sleeping. See, Jesus prays while others are sleeping. And Jesus sleeps while others are panicking. We have a Savior who never panics, a God who's never caught off guard. Jesus can sleep because he has a pattern of prayer, devoted prayer that leads to a life of peace and rest regardless of his circumstances and surroundings. Why? It can be the same for us because we trust our heavenly father and what he is doing is for his good and for our good because he is good. I want you to notice something else that's very important. Notice Jesus' prayer did not deliver him from his trial. I know that's hard to swallow. Too often we don't pray because we've been disappointed that our prayers weren't answered the way we wanted them to be answered. So we just stop. I'm not doing that anymore. But prayer has never been about getting what we want. It's always been about getting what we need. And that's more of God's presence in our life. That's more of hearing his voice. That's more of an intimacy with the Father. And that's more of a strength that we gain from him to please him by obeying him. See, to listen and to hear from God 
is our greatest need in prayer. Prayer in this text that we just read did not deliver Jesus from suffering, but it did give him the strength to persevere through the passion of the Christ, if you will. So often we pray that God would get us out of adversity rather than get us through it. Instead of knowing how to respond in the middle of the adversity, we want to be completely out of it. But what if that's not God's will for your life? See, the only way that you know is through a pattern of devoted prayer. Prayer is one of the ways that God primarily provides for us endurance and perseverance. His words to his disciples, even in this situation, apply to us as well. Pray that you will not fall into temptation. Have you ever read that? It's like, what temptation? I mean, if I'm like the disciples, I'm like, what temptation? I mean, we're out here in the middle of the woods in the middle of the night. What temptation? Oddly enough, Jesus didn't tell them to pray for him. He said, pray for yourselves that you won't fall into temptation. And here is the temptation, I believe. The temptation that we're all tempted to give into. And that's the temptation to take matters into our own hands. It's the temptation to do things the way we think need to be done when it looks like things are falling apart. It's the temptation to work harder when it looks like God stopped working on your behalf. But to be more specific, it's the temptation to walk by sight and not by faith. And in this text, it was the temptation to interfere and resist the will of God for Jesus and themselves. Because Peter slept when he should have been praying. This is exactly what Peter does when he cuts off the ear of the Roman guard. Well, this can't happen. That's, that's not what's supposed to happen. And Jesus basically, no, stop this. That's not what the Father's doing. But how would he know he's been sleeping when he should have been praying, and now he's trying hard to make things right in his own strength and protect his friend? It seems right. Seems like the thing that we would all do. You're not going to touch him. But actually, the Scripture says that after this, all the disciples ran away, afraid. But because Peter's going to go try harder, what does he do? will follow. Everybody else will run away. But Peter, even though he's just messed up, he's going to go try a little harder. And he follows Jesus right into the middle of the Roman guard, if you will, into the middle of the lion's den. Maybe I can still save him. But in the middle of that courtyard, he's recognized as one of Jesus' disciples. And what does Peter do? Does he own up to it? No. Three different times to the last point. He's like, no, I don't know him. You see, it's impossible to persevere under pressure without a pattern of prayer in your life. Without a pattern of devoted prayer with our Heavenly Father, we don't stand up under persecution. We panic in the storms of life. We don't allow God to do His will in our lives when it gets difficult. We run, we hide, we deny, we make things worse. And here's what we see in this narrative. Peter's pattern leads to spiritual weakness. Jesus' pattern leads to spiritual strength and success. Peter's pattern, which is the one that I'm prone to follow, leads to spiritual weakness. How do we see that? Peter commits violence that could have shortcut the cross. Do you realize if they'd have gone this route, these disciples aren't about to beat this Roman guard. And there Jesus dies in the middle of the night, in the middle of nowhere, with no one else to see. 
Peter denies knowing Jesus in an attempt to help Jesus. How mixed up is that? Peter abandons Jesus in his hour of sorrow. When he dies, he even knows him. And here's the one that I know just had, when I read this and when I heard this, it almost made me just tear up. Because another Simon had to carry the cross of Christ. Have you ever thought about that? He's Simon Peter. You know he's the one that wants to be the one carrying the cross for his Savior. He has to watch another Simon do it. What if you're trying to stop right now by anxiously working harder or religiously responding responding in a stronger manner is in direct opposition to what God is wanting to do in your life? The only way that we have any peace and any ability to know and to sleep while others may be panicking, the only way we don't hinder God's purposes for our lives to the glory of Christ is to have a consistent, devoted pattern of prayer and intimacy with God the Father where we're listening more to his voice than to our own. What I think we see in the gospel narratives is Peter tried harder than anyone, and at the same time we see Jesus prayed more than anyone. Peter's pattern led to spiritual weakness. Jesus' pattern led to spiritual strength. Peter may be our doppelganger, but Jesus is to be our example. His intimacy with the Father. We're to follow in his footsteps. We're to follow his patterns, his devotion to prayer. Then and only then can we be confident that we've heard the Father's voice and obey him wholeheartedly no matter what we're going through. To have the strength to persevere as God strengthens us in the middle of our prayers. Or even have the ability to rest in silence while we trust the goodness of God in the middle of life's storms. That's the true measure of spiritual strength and success. Although I started playing golf as a little boy, as you could tell, I didn't make the tour. That's why I'm here. I didn't take my first formal lesson until I was in my late 20s, early 30s. And I remember the golf instructor standing behind me and watching my swing. Then I remember she walked over beside me and watched my swing. And then I remember her saying, listen, I want you to change this little thing with your grip. And I want you to take half of a swing. Don't swing harder, just let the club do the work. I want you to know that I hit the nicest seven iron shot I have ever hit in my life, just as far as the ones that I'd been hitting when I was swinging with all of my might. All because it wasn't about trying harder, it was about doing something differently according to someone who knew better than me. Can I tell you that many of us, maybe all of us today, it's not about you trying harder. It's about you doing life differently according to someone who knows what's best for you better than anybody. You need a different pattern, a pattern of devoted prayer in your life. And you may think that sounds too oversimplified, but you can either keep swinging harder or you can change the pattern of your life. That's what Peter did. Peter changed his pattern. How do we know? If you go on and read in Acts 2, at the birth of the church, we see 
in verse 14 through 41 in Acts 2 that Peter went from an impulsive, try-harder coward to a courageous evangelist declaring the Word of God in the face of terrible persecution. Peter finally stopped trying harder in his own strength and followed in Jesus' footsteps of being devoted in prayer and led by the Holy Spirit. He preached to thousands. He saw 3,000 saved in one day. I'd say that's pretty spiritually successful. He also followed in Jesus' footsteps to being crucified and martyred for his faith on a cross upside down. Can I encourage you today that if we're going to do what God has called us to do, and if we're going to submit to his will in our lives, even if it means persecution or difficulty, then we have to have a pattern of devoted prayer in our lives. Jesus' pattern is the only hope that you have for spiritual strength and success in this life. That's it. There is no other way. But we are going to need more than a prayer list. We're going to need a prayer life. And you may be saying, well, where do I start? That's what I want to close with today because Jesus gave us a good starting point, a pattern, if you will. He's our example, and he said, this is how you're to pray. One that is said that the early church was, did three times a day, every day. He's the one, Jesus, listen, he's the one who stands behind you and sees your life. He's the one that walks beside you and seize your life. And he's the one that you need to listen to that says, hey, you might want to grip that a little less hard. Why don't you do this way? See how it works out. Let me, quit trying harder, let me do the work. Our public lives are a direct reflection of our prayer lives. Devotion to prayer has to be a pattern in order for us to be the church that God's called us to be, in order for you to be the Christian that God has saved you to be. Your first question this morning could be, well, that's great, but how do we do that? I'm not going to try to be too prescriptive, but I do want to say a few things. First of all, I will plead with you not to think that you're so spiritually deep or mature or disciplined that you can do do this without the help of forms that the historic church and the Bible gives us. I'm just going to make up my own prayer. Okay, keep doing that. There's nothing wrong with reading a prayer that Jesus said to pray. It could be the book of common prayer. Well, that's kind of too liturgical for me. Well, how's it working out for you thus far? It could be an acronym that you just have someone taught you about. Well, this do this and whatever it is. It could be something that is long, it could be something that's short, but here's what I want you to know. In just a moment, we're going to use the one that Jesus gave us and taught his disciples to pray, and that's the Lord's Prayer, but I would encourage you this. I would encourage you to pray alone, and I would encourage you to pray together. I would encourage you to pray short prayers, and I'd encourage you to pray long prayers. I'd encourage you sometimes to pray spontaneously, and then other times pray prayers that are scheduled and maybe even read that somebody else wrote that served God faithfully throughout the centuries. And this is not going to happen accidentally. Whatever you do, you have to make it a pattern of your life. You have to be devoted to it so that it can be said of us what was said of Jesus. As usual, Brent went out or in or wherever and prayed. As usual, that church in focus prayed. And I'm just going to pray, and then I want all of us just a moment to stand to our feet and we're going to pray the Lord's prayer together 
just as it was written in the scripture, we're going to pray it together as we connect to what God has been doing in the church from the beginning, even to us today. This is important. We didn't create Christianity. The West didn't create Christianity. It's been around a long time before we were here. So we can learn something from what Jesus has taught us in his word and what the church has done for centuries. Heavenly Father, I pray that as a church, we would be those that are devoted to you in prayer. With every head bowed and every eye closed, even right now, would you just come and submit your life to the Father? There could be a moment of repentance right now where you're just like me, convicted. God, I pray so little, it's a wonder that I can even serve you. Maybe you could admit that right now. Lord, I pray, I'm a crisis prayer. That's the only time I come, God, forgive me. It's when I'm in crisis or when I need something. God, forgive me for treating you like a a cosmic Santa Claus. Lord, I, I, I want to have a relationship with you. Lord, I want to be strengthened by you. I know, Father, that the Word says that in my weakness, you're strong. So I come to you admitting my weaknesses, admitting my failures, coming with my thoughts that are kind of going everywhere and saying, Lord, help me, minister to me, help me in this moment. God, I want to glorify you. I want to hear your voice. I want to obey you, God. I want to follow in your footsteps. God, would you just begin to speak to our hearts even now? that we would be those that create a pattern of devoted prayer to you. That we would be those that long to be in your presence morning, noon, and night. It would be the first thing that we do when we get up, the last thing that we do when we go to sleep. And Lord, every moment within the day that our attention would be turned towards you in a way that is important and in a way that is honoring. Let's stand to our feet. And let's pray this together in one voice to the Father. And then we're going to sing and we're going to worship Jesus. Matthew 6. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. God, we worship you, and we call out to your mighty name. Thank you for listening to the In Focus Church podcast with Pastor Brent Gerard. In Focus Church is a multi-ethnic, multi-generational church in Evans, Georgia, with a mission to love God, love people, and reach the world. Be sure to like, subscribe, and leave a rating wherever you are listening, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at InFocusChurch. Church.